not at the track? The Hot Pass Racing Network puts you at the track with ARCA and all the major NASCAR series. From Daytona to the final checkered flag, the Hot Pass Racing Network is your inside pass. All right, everyone, I'd like to welcome you to the Rowdy Maglite Show, Monday morning edition. Our first caller this morning is driver that was at Flat Rock this weekend with Rise Racing, Derek McGraw. Welcome, Derek. How are you guys? Derek, doing great, man. Uh, before we get started in the Flat Rock, Derek, you started off in, in go-karts, and you raced over in Australia. Is that correct? Yes, sir. So, uh, Derek, now you, you've raced over in Australia. You've been in carts. What was the transition, and I know you've done a lot of dirt racing, but what was the transition off of dirt and onto the asphalt into a, a heavy stock car? Um, it's definitely a big transformation. You know, I feel like more so than people would think. The uh, Coming from dirt, um, you know, the way you drive the race car, is totally different um you know i feel like it definitely helps you going on the asphalt because it makes it a lot easier you know you're i feel like you're really up on the wheel a lot more obviously in a dirt car and in any type of dirt racing um but the transition to just you know get comfortable um on the asphalt especially going into the race with not much to any asphalt experience at all you know i went down to hickory motor speedway a few weeks ago and tested for my arca license and uh, we got about 10 or 15 laps under my belt and then right into the race. So, um, you know, tried to adapt to it as fast as possible. I feel like me, you know, racing, you know, more than, you know, just a couple types of different race cars definitely helps me adapt to, you know, new race cars a lot faster. So, yeah, the transition definitely is, um, you know, huge, uh, like you said, but I adapt to it just like anything else. Well, Derek, I was some uh, pretty decent drivers in that race. What was it like driving against uh, Billy Venerini? Oh, it was pretty awesome, you know. The uh, We went into the race. You know, our goal was to have a top 10 finish. The uh, unfortunately got spun out there early on in the race and went down a lap. Um, I feel like towards the end of the race, as I saved my tires, you know, the, the level that those teams are on compared to where we were at um, is definitely on another level. And you know that that's kind of how the asphalt side of things works um, with funding and, you know, their program and the technology they have in their race cars. The, uh, to be able to go out there and run, you know, within – of their lap times and be able to keep pace with them, you know, throughout the race and just, you know, getting faster and faster as the race went on um, and seeing how, how much we improved um, was pretty awesome to be able to, you know, keep pace with, you know, some of the top teams and top guys like that. Well, a lot of that was tire management on, on those, some of these tracks and even at like North Wilkesboro, those, those are cheese grater tracks, but what was it like racing on that flat track at, at, at Flat Rock? It was pretty awesome, you know. Um, I feel like you're really up on the wheel there more than you would be at, you know, a bigger asphalt track, um, obviously. The, uh, and I feel like that gave us and our team an advantage, you know, going into those big tracks that how much technology those the teams like Joe Gibbs and Venturini have in their race cars and their program, um, you know, definitely can, you know, take a toll on a smaller team like, you know, us and Rise Motorsports. But we worked our butt off all weekend long, and I can't thank the team enough for all the hard work they put in to try to give me the best race car they could. The, uh, and uh, racing on a short track like that, you know, that's more like I'm used to, you know, back home racing on the dirt. So I feel like that definitely helped me out, um, especially going into my first asphalt race. The, uh, and, um, but it was, it, was, uh, it was an awesome experience. 
Well, there, uh, seat time is everything. I mean, you know, your honest opinion. How do you feel like you you're did you achieve what you wanted to do at Flat Rock? Oh uh, yeah, yeah. So like I said, we went into the race. You know, our goal was to finish a top ten. Um, you know, cars that we beat. Um, we uh, like I said, you know, you always want more when you know when you come out of it. Um, but we're team and everyone that was involved was you know more than happy with our performance. Uh, like I said, unfortunately, we got spun out there early on and went down a lap. You know, there towards the end, once I got rolling, once I got in the rhythm and got more comfortable with the race car and the track, the uh, we ended up getting a few of our laps back and passing some of the top race cars. Um, you know, if we didn't go down a few laps there in the beginning, we would end up finishing seventh. The uh, But I feel like, you know, our performance uh, definitely showed and um, we made everyone happy. Well, I'm going to tell you, Tim spoke really high of you after the race and, uh, I think you earned the respect of a lot of guys that, that was out there watching that race, uh, Derek. Yeah, definitely. You know, when Tim made that post, it made me feel really, really good. Um, I know after after qualifying, we went out there and qualified P10. Tim was ecstatic. He was uh, jumping up and down, give everyone high five. So to see that out of a, out of a team owner and a car owner um, and know that you're making him proud and, you know, just to see that how happy he is that, you know, we were able to, you know, put his race car, you know, that, that far up in the field. Um, so that was pretty cool. You know, and when Tim went out of his way to make that post was, uh, it made it even more special. Well, I've seen Tim at the track and let me tell you that guy today's the thunder. Uh, Tim loves that car and, and you brought it home in one piece and that meant a lot to him. Yeah, I know. Like I said, Tim's not a big fun of team, but he does the best he can. He works night and day, you know, most times he doesn't even sleep. So, to see how much hard work he puts into his team and his program and to be able to go out there and, you know, run his car and stuff that I know made him really happy. So it was a, it was a cool experience and I'm happy. Hopefully we can, you know, work with him more in the future and, um, you know, do even better as we get more seat time and get more comfortable. What was that ride like home with your dad? Uh, uh, it was good. You know, we, we, uh, we left flat rock around, I think nine thirty ten 10 o'clock and I actually had a race yesterday back at home on the dirt. So, um, I tried to get as much rest as I could. You know, we're not used to longer races like that. So it definitely took a toll on my body. Um, and I did as much as I could before the race, you know, to get prepared, um, get my body prepared, you know, going into a bigger race like that, you need endurance. So, uh, after that, it definitely took a toll on me. Um, I got as much sleep as I could the, uh, on the car ride home cause we had a race the next morning. So the, um, <clears throat> but I know my dad was more than proud of me, um, to see all the hard work he puts in you know, on and off the racetrack to get me where I'm at. Um, you know, to see it pay off like that, it makes him proud. You know, I, I know we definitely argue back and forth like any father and son would, um, being with being with each other that much and being on the road constantly 24 seven. Um, everything we do is we're, we're, we're together. So, yeah, but I know deep down he was, he was more than proud, um, to see what, what we're accomplishing together. Any plans for ARCA for the rest of the season? Uh, after that, um, ride there. Yeah. We, we, uh, we're going to try to get as much racing as possible. You know, the, uh, this opportunity kind of came out of the blue, um, with Tim and Rita Goulet and rise motorsports, the, uh, and I'm more than grateful for the opportunity. Um, can't thank Jeremy Connors enough for, you know, making this all happen and come together. Um, and you know, our goal would be to at least to get to three more races at the end of this year. And, uh, for next year, try to put together a full season. So we'll see what happens with funding. So as long as we can get the funding to do it, um, we're, we're more than ready and we're more, um, we're focused on, you know, try and do uh like i said get more seat time and get more comfortable on the asphalt side of things and uh so we can go out there and you know run up front with those big teams
Well, you know, the most unique thing about ARCA is their road courses and their dirt tracks. And I'm going to tell you, I've been to both dirt tracks. That DeCoin and Springfield are two awesome dirt tracks. Definitely. You know, I've been watching some videos and trying to learn as much as I can about the race cars and how, how these guys drive them. Because, um, you know, it's definitely a lot different than us. You know, we don't we don't have, you know, a four-speed transmission in our cars. It's just high and low gear. So, the, where they hit their shifts, you know, where they drive in, how hard they drive in, um, it's a lot different than what I'm used to. The, uh, and we actually try to plan on trying to get to both dirt tracks this year, and I know that'll definitely give me an advantage. Um, obviously, these cars don't drive the same as our cars do on dirt, but you know, sliding around in the dirt and a lot of these asphalt guys aren't used to. So, um, you know, that's more my style and, uh, hopefully we can go into that race if we can make it, um, and, um, you know, use that, you know, part of it to our advantage and go out there and, you know, run up with these guys. Derek, where would you like to be in, in 20 years from, from today? 20 years from today. Um, I like to be where I know, I know, I see I'm 15 now, so let's see, I'll be 35. Um, you know, my goal would be, you know, somewhere near where Kyle Larson is. You know, I feel like that's every racer's goal. Um, to go see what Kyle Larson does is pretty amazing. The, uh, not even just the accomplishments he's at, but where he, at, where he is at in, at the level of racing, um, where he can go out there and, you know, race asphalt, you know, to, to pay the bills and, you know, make the money. And then he can go race as many dirt races as he wants to to have fun and, and enjoy it, you know, and not have to worry about anything. Um, so hopefully we can get to that point. You know, we've – you know, we started from the bottom almost and to see where we're at now, um, you know, I don't think making it there is, is impossible. So a lot of people want to say it is impossible not coming from, you know, a, a big money background. But like I said, to see where we're at now from where we came from, um, you know, nothing's impossible. Well, to, to mention Larson, all he really wanted to be was uh, the outlaw, the world of outlaw dirt champion. And now he's a NASCAR cup champion. So, you know, he said his goals kind of in the middle there and, and actually achieved everything he wanted. Exactly. You know, that's where we've been at, you know. We've set goals and we've seemed to over-exceed them. And, uh, you know, you don't expect that, but it happens. You know, it's uh, it's just the way of life. And, you know, hopefully, you know, we can get to that point one day. Um, but we're going to keep doing what we're doing. We're going to keep working hard at it. And uh, hopefully, you know, along the way we um, – you know, meet great people, and hopefully that opens up more doors and more opportunities for me and my dad and our race team and, and what, we're, what, we're, what we're trying to do here. So uh, what about the guys at the shop that keeps all your stuff going, uh, Derek? Yeah, you know, mostly at the shop during the week. Um, you know, for, for our racing, it's just me and my dad, my best friend Logan, um, my uncle. You know, just, it's not we don't really have a big crew, you know, back at home doing what we're doing. You know, we have a lot of, you know, big and small sponsors that help us do what we do, and I couldn't do without each and every one of them, you know. That's what keeps us going, and especially all of our fans and supporters, you know. They push us every single day by just commenting on a post or buying a T-shirt, you know. That's what keeps us going, and to see the smile on their face and know that all of our fans are watching and, you know, pushing for me, and when we can do good to make them make them proud, it's uh, that's what that's what keeps us going. So, uh your regular track that you're going to be running this year, uh, Derek, what, what's your plans on on your dirt racing? Um, well, so we actually started off the season really, really well. You know, last year we were running big block modifieds, you know, with the best of the best. 
and unfortunately blew up a couple of our big block motors and ran out of the funding to you know to get 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 another one um so we went down I went down to class and put the crate motor back in, but we've actually started off the season really, really well this year. We went out um, one of our first races and won our first series race for the Short Track Super Series. So we're leading the points in that. Um, we're leading the points at our one weekly racetrack on Sundays, uh, Glen Ridge, and I think we're fifth in points at Albany Saratoga Speedway on Friday night. So we're going to do what we can. We're going to make every race we can, um, and uh, hopefully we can go win the points for the series and win the points of uh, a few racetracks we run weekly. But depending on our schedule, depending on what happens with the ARCA, um, you know, kind of reflects on, you know, when we can make it to our weekly racetrack. So the, uh, we'll see what plans out and, um, we'll go from there. Well, it, it's all about seat time though, isn't it, Derek? You got to have that seat time, whether it's on dirt or asphalt. Exactly. You know, you look at these top guys like Matt Shepard on the, on the dirt side of things. And even like you go look at the world of all late model guys and Lucas oil late model guys. You know, people ask, why are they so good? You know, why? I'll, I, you can have the same exact equipment as them, but people still wonder why they can't, you know, beat them. Um, but it's because they're constantly racing 24-7, you know. Sometimes they're racing six days a week. And, you know, seat, like you said, seat time is a huge thing. Just how fresh you are when you're in the seat as a driver. Um, you just don't make those little mistakes when you go on the racetrack. And, you know, you don't even realize it. And it's just one of those things. Like you said, seat time is really, really important. Well, Derek, let's uh, shout out your sponsors that helps you go round and round. Yeah, you know, um, I have so many people that have gone out of the way to help me get where I'm at. You know, Next Generation Roofing, Chad and his team, they've been with us since the beginning. Um, Elmo Speed and Supply, Chris Reckner. Um, <clears throat> you know, Goods and Interiors, Seacoast Auto Sales, Jamie Croyle, Heavenly Hand Spa, my mom, my dad, uh, my stepdad, my grandparents. Um, all my product sponsors, Integra Race Shocks, DKM Fabrications, all the guys over there, Eric Mack, Dave Constantino, John Dumont, Alpace Race Products. Um, you know, I've, I, I'm sorry to forget anybody. You know, there's so many people that help us do what we do. And like I said, all our fans and supporters are, are a big part of it as well. Um, we can't forget those guys. You know, those are that's what keeps us going. Well, uh, Derek, you made a lot of people proud of at Flat Rock, uh, they see a bright future. And uh, tell everyone where they can keep up with you this year on the social media sites. Yeah, well, we, we're really big on – we post a lot on Facebook. So you just go over and follow me on Facebook. It's just my name. Um, I actually just started up a new race page a few months ago. We're, uh, we're at a, almost 2,000 followers. So if you guys want to go over there and follow that, at Derek McGrew Jr. Racing. Um, and me and my best friend Logan keep up on our TikTok page as well. It's uh, dmr.racing26 on TikTok. Um, we keep you guys updated there on as much as we can and bring you guys along on the ride with us and um, try to uh, make it as enjoyable as possible. Um, so make sure you guys go over and give those all a like and follow, and so you guys keep up to date with us. All right, Derek McGrew. Thanks, Derek, and looking forward to having you back on again, sir. Definitely, man. I appreciate you guys bringing me on here. Thank you. At times like this, I think how lucky I am to be a NASCAR Winston Cup driver and how fortunate I am to have a great sponsor like Napa Auto Parts. Because Napa understands quality and value, and the importance of having a friendly, knowledgeable staff. And it's at times like this, looking around at the empty grandstands, and listening to the silence of pit road, that I realize, I'm at the wrong track.
to our post-race from Heat 1 with our winner, Daniel Suarez, driver of the number 99 Chevrolet for Trackhouse Racing. Congratulations, Daniel, on that win. Um, give us just a, a little bit of a brief kind of recap on um, that first heat race and, and how you look toward tomorrow night. Yeah, it was... Uh it was fun, you know, to go through those transitions of the, of the, you know, a wet track and then, uh, you know, kind of like halfway uh, dry. It wasn't 100% dry, but uh, well, it was halfway there. It was always like, you know, with like maps on track. So, you know, that tells you that the dry track was never dry. But, but it was fun to go through those transitions. You know, we started the race and uh, obviously nobody knew what to expect. The nine did a, a better job than myself. Um, you know, I don't know if he was either more aggressive or his car was just, um, you know, it, it, his car happens to work out better with, in the wet conditions uh, because the first 10 laps, I just didn't have anything for him. Um, I was just trying to break even. Lap probably 15 is when I say, okay, he's coming. Lap 20, I knew that I was better. So, um, you know, um, it, it was fun. Uh, go through those transitions, uh, learn about the tire, learn about the track. Uh, unfortunately, you know, tomorrow is going to be nice and sunny. So, so everything that we learned today, you know, uh, maybe maybe it's going to work for the future, but not for tomorrow. So, um, you know, overall, just very very proud of my team. The 99 team has um, has had a lot of speed lately, but we haven't had executions and the results, and 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 it's, we've been very tough in ourselves and. And to be able to come here and perform the way that we've been doing, not just myself, but the entire 99 team, the P crew, the, my engineers, it's, um, it's, it's a lot of fun. Hopefully tomorrow we can have another performance like today. All right. We'll go ahead and take questions for Daniel. We'll get in as many as we can before the next heat race starts. And we'll go to Jim and then Lee. Jim Hunter, motorsport.com. Daniel, you've been here all week. Could you just talk a little bit about the whole experience and how much of it was to help prepare for tomorrow night? Yeah, yeah, definitely. It's been it's been fun. You know, I've been here since Monday, or yeah, I think Monday. So I've been here. I've been living here for a while. But you know, it's it's, it's been a lot of fun to uh, to see the fans uh, so loyal since Monday or Tuesday. So. It's been it's been a lot of fun to see that, and uh, and obviously this place has so much history. I mean, just look at the walls. Uh, it's so much history everywhere you look at, and and uh, for me, you know, uh, to be a small part of this and, and 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 be having the opportunity to put in a show for for all these fans and and, and for our race teams and NASCAR and and all all the fans at home is is quite special. So um, just overall, just very happy to be here com. I'm kind of curious what made you so good in rain I mean you just kind of checked out those guys had nothing behind you I mean Logano was holding up the field but still you you just took off you seemed like it was quite masterful <laughs> I mean honestly I feel like I feel like the car was very good you know my, my car uh, worked very very well for for those conditions um, you know I I have some experience in the rain in Gokars, but it's completely different. Uh, it's completely different. So I feel like you know the team did a good job. Uh, the the car adapted well. Uh, you know the the first handful of laps after the restart, I don't feel like I was the best. You know the the 22 was better than me there for five laps. So you know once uh, once I was able to to get a little gap, I was able to to drive away. After 10 laps, it was game over. My car was just a rocket ship. So. 
just very happy for 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 my team uh, with the service this and um, hopefully we can put a lot another another performance like that for tomorrow all right any final questions for daniel all right we'll take one more up front with bob bob parker's fox sports how much do you know for tomorrow and how much do you still don't know since you weren't on slicks at all today we learned nothing you know um we learned absolutely nothing um I just hope it rains again so these guys can have the same amount of fun than we had and they can learn nothing as well <laughs> because because if these guys learn something for tomorrow, we're going to be in a little bit of a disadvantage. But uh, uh, but we see, you know, the racetrack right now is not dry. I don't know if they're going to start in slicks or wets, but it's not 100% dry. So maybe the second half, maybe the last third laps, they're going to start learning stuff, but uh, in the beginning, it's going to be a little bit wet. So hopefully it pours right now. <laughs> But yeah, yeah, but this is, we, we have different cars, you know, we have different setups too. So, you know, we have we have an, we, we we have those conversations, but our cars are different and and our cars are going to react different through those transitions. Yeah, it will definitely help, you know. It, it will be even worse if both cars of Trajas were in the same heat. <laughs> then we will we will be in, on an island, but uh but no, we we'll be fine. Regardless, I feel like our team already has an idea where we're going to be for tomorrow. All right, Daniel, we appreciate your time. We wish you the best of luck tomorrow evening. Congratulations on that run there. Take us through um, kind of the view from your driver's seat. Chris Busher. Yeah, I appreciate it. It's um, a lot of fun. <laughs> it's, uh, it's awesome. So cool to be back here. Um, I think I've talked to most of y'all at this point, but um, so special to see how, how much has changed since uh, the, the Dale Jr. cleanup day here and um, you know, thinking that that was the demise of the racetrack, that uh, that was its, its last savior, and it was, you know, destined to be bulldozed, and, and here we are. So, um, you know, Marcus and his group have done such a fantastic job. Tracks a, a blast to run. Um, you know, just brings me back to Saturday night short track racing. You know, track's got a ton of character, more fall off than most places. Um, you know, I know a lot of it's been patched up to where we're not going out there and, and sticking your foot down in the cracks that that were here a while back. But um, it's just uh, it, it gives you something to, to chase, the things to move around and look for, uh, different options. The truck race was a lot of fun to watch, watching them use the, the apron. Don't think that's something our cars are going to do very well, but um, it was noted, I'm sure, by everybody in this race tomorrow. And, um, you know, going to be watching the open closely to see if anybody tries it. Uh, but I, I feel like our fast on Mustangs were really good. I um, was really happy after practice. Short run speed, long run speed, it was all showing up well. And, uh, you know, really just trying to control our own pace tonight and, uh, made sure that we didn't give y'all too much to talk about. All right. We're going to go to questions in the media. We'll start with Bob, and we'll go to Stephen. Uh, Bob Parker's Fox Sports. Why won't you use that apron tomorrow? Um, our cars are just stiffer, uh, more travel limited than the cars of old, old truck arm cars, um, the trucks. Uh, they just have more movement. You watch them go down there, and they droop out a lot better. Uh, you see our cars, even, you know, I've, crash situations people go down the apron trying to avoid a wreck and you watch one or two tires across the, the platform the car come off the ground uh, we just don't have the movement to be able to do it especially in turn one um, three four maybe um, be curious to see if any of that comes up in the open as you get on track a lot of cars fighting for uh, for position it'll be in the hot of day where you know we've been into the night i think track picked up a little bit of grip um i'd be watching it but if it happens i would say three and four all right we'll go to steven Stephen Toronto, CBS Sports. Chris, um, 
it seemed like in both heats we didn't get any runs longer than 30 laps or so, so kind of split down the middle. Um, it seemed like by the end of uh, end of heat two, Austin may have been making some time on you. Uh, how do you think things might have been with maybe 20 more laps on, on a run? Yeah, I think um, well, it, was, it was dictated by weather, right? But in both both heat races, we just basically split them to um, either check on rain tires from the beginning of the first heat or um, switch to rains for ours. So I don't think it was uh, – it's not that we're out there wrecking stuff. I would have liked to have seen it drive out a little bit longer and, and see what we had, but um, I don't know, we were really conserving tires on slicks when we thought that was probably going to run to the end and um, really trying to take care of them as much as possible. So would have loved to have seen what that would have done for us in another 20 or 30 laps and um, then bolting on the wets. Uh, you know, just same thing, trying to uh, get a, a comfortable cushion and, and then kind of roll out of it from there so that we weren't trying to burn our stuff up too much in case that it, uh, it did fall off hard on the end. But uh, honestly, the, the wet weather scenario doesn't really matter anymore. Uh, tomorrow's radar looks way better and, and I don't think we'll be dealing with that so um, you know we'll definitely focus on that that slick tire run and, and see what we can do to uh, to work on it and and study it a little bit and see what we we feel like it would have done uh, with with another 20 laps like you're asking and, and then just refresh my memory real quick were you one of the drivers who was here for the tire test in March yes okay yep. yeah and I think Austin was as well it seemed between yep. the truck race and you know uh, all the cup activity. It, it seems like guys who were part of that test have been fast year. Seems that track time back in March correlates pretty well to now. Why? Um, any any time on a track that's brand new to everybody. Uh, you know, none of us were here at '96. We were mostly in diapers. So uh, you know, it, it's a lot of us are seeing it for the first time. And um, you know, that March just just gave you that uh, th- those first handful of laps. Um, I'll tell you the the biggest advantage it was was lap one on track in practice watching everybody sail off in the corner thinking we had martinsville grip and uh and we don't we uh, watched a lot of people really slide way up the hill and had a good idea of where we were at so um you know track time always helps uh that uh practice or, or test was also rain shortened by a day so uh, yeah typically tire test the second day you're able to work on a little bit we didn't get that opportunity but we had the first day to study uh, I think we all had ideas of what we wanted to change uh, for that second day. Didn't get to, but I would say there's something to be said about being able to, to think about that and come back with it. And, um, you know, that's why you push hard to, to volunteer to do those things, right? Teams take uh, take the money out of their pockets to go do it, knowing that it can it can uh, hit you good on the tail end and um, why you would love to do every one of them, but not how it works, right? But uh, we, we hit that lottery knowing that it would be a good one for us. And, um you know, it's showed up in uh, in some speed, and I think our, our group's just done a really good job at studying the notes from that and knowing what we're uh, what we're up against and what we're chasing. Thanks, Chris. Thank you. All right, Jerry. Jerry Jordan, kicking the tires on that. In the past, if we had rain, we would have been here for three, four, five hours waiting for all this to go through jet dryers. Can you just talk about the ability to do what we did tonight? You had a packed house. You had all these people with the expectation. NASCAR, Goodyear, everybody coming together to make this this rain tire that made us it possible to race tonight yeah it's um i'm sure you want me to talk a lot of good things about it and uh <laughs> that's uh <laughs> so, uh i won't be mean about it because i i can't appreciate the fact that we got the show back going for the fans um I, i'm going to sit here and say i don't think we needed to put them on for our race at all 
Uh, that being said, uh, the first race, let's, let's use that one. Uh, track was wet, uh, damp, uh, being able to bolt tires on, go out there, turn the lights on. Uh, that was good, right? That, that got us going almost on time, uh, I believe. Um, kept the show rolling. It uh, was a success, right? We went out there, nothing was crazy. Uh, you know, what I, what I should say about our Heat 2 and, and bolting the tires on there, I didn't have my eyes on uh, on a weather screen and uh, and didn't know what may have, could have been coming. And, um, you know, I, I've been the person sitting up here really upset when we've sailed off into a corner and it's raining there on slicks. So uh, I, I don't want to sit here and say uh, that was the, the craziest thing we've ever done. We should have been on slicks, no doubt. There, there may have been something else in play, and I can appreciate it if that's the case. And and they worked fine. We've seen it in the first heat. So um, you know, to your point, um, I don't want to do this every week. I don't want to race in the rain. I don't want it to be uh, windshield wipers turned on in our cars. But but the fact that so many fans have come out to support this event in North Wilkesboro, um, how appreciative we are of them for, for really showing up in these massive numbers, I'm glad that we were able to keep the show going for them. And it's not like it was raining hard enough for them to vacate grandstands, right? Uh, people were up there without ponchos, without umbrellas. They were ready to, to see some racing, and we got that going for them. All right, Chris. Chris.com. Uh, Chris, would you be okay with uh, North Wilkesboro being a points paying race in 2024? Yeah, uh, you know, I, I, I'm a big fan of that. Uh, would, would love to see it, and uh, I would have said that before I knew we were going to be fast tonight. Uh, you know, I, I love tracks with this much character. It, it takes me right back to to growing up ARCA racing, and, and whether that was. Salem and you know going up and watching the banking just fall off the side of the mountain or the side of the banking just rolling off it was so rough um, you know so much character so many things that you did different to try and prep for that um, we left the uh, the test here and, and best thing I could relate to was uh, Berlin and uh, running Arca race there we got wide open two laps and a 200 lap feature uh, just no grip that that's what it feels like here that's character it makes you search it makes you try and think about uh, longevity of tires it makes you think about how you're going to approach uh, early runs versus long runs um, put strategy back in the game for our our, our crew chiefs and, and our crew members it um, you know puts so many things back in, into the race more that we used to talk about every week because there's so much character there's so many variables in a track like this uh, I love that I, I, I love places that that make you think about it and make you work hard for it and uh, I, I want to get down to the bottom of a racetrack and you know, drop a tire right below that white line and said, man, there was a big hole right there, or there's gravel there. You know, watch the truck race, watch them run down into gravel. Where else on our schedule do you run through gravel other than, than road racing when none of us really know what we're doing anyway? We just all, all sail through the beach. So, um, you know, I, I love the fact that there's there's so much of it here, and uh, I wish we had had 10 more racetracks that were uh, just like this in different ways. Um, you know, I, I'm, I'm be a big fan of seeing a points race here. So, for you, you compare this track to Berlin, Michigan. Berlin, Michigan. On a, a grip-level thing to me, that's Berlin. Yeah. Chris, didn't you also come here in December of 2019 with Dale Jr. and Marcus to clean up for the iRacing? Yes, and um, uh, I didn't remember the year, so it was a long time ago. I yeah. didn't realize it was that long ago. December but, um, 2019. Yeah, and... Uh, that that makes me appreciate the transformation so much more. Uh, you know, driven by this place countless times on my way to Bristol uh, through the years, and, and watched the Evergreens grow up through the grandstands of one and two down there, and uh, and just knew that it was a lost racetrack, right? And uh, you know, one of the things where uh, 
uh, Junior and Marcus put together the, the track cleanup day and uh, a call for help on, on Twitter. Uh, one of the rare moments that I got on Twitter and was actually roaming around and um, I, I stayed Dale State. I was like, man, I, I got a skid steer. I got a, I got a dump trailer. I'll come come scrape the track up and uh, and, and help out. I, I'd be, be glad to. I love doing stuff like that. So uh threw my name into the into the hat and um came up here and a lot of the heavy lifting was already done so i got to walk around here with a shovel scraping uh dirt out of the out of the cracks uh wasn't near as much fun as i was hoping on the on the skid steer but uh it was cool to see it come from what it was that day uh you know watching i think a photographer leg went through a a, a grandstand floorboard you know <laughs> like it was, it was rough this, this room right here was terrifying. Uh, I mean, absolutely terrifying. Post-apocalyptic. It was. It was disgusting. Stuff all over the place. It was. It was insane. And uh, and to see what it is today, it, it's it's amazing. So hats off to everybody. It's um, it's really cool. Um, yeah, and that makes it that much more more special, right? It, it's. Uh, I'm telling you, we walked through that door right there. It was straight out of The Walking Dead. In here, it was. It, it was terrifying. Uh, I know there was a gurney on its side right here. Yeah, yeah, it, it was terrible. I'm telling you, it was, it was something else. So um, I, I hope we, we clean the blood stains up and, uh, and everything's good underneath this carpet. But uh, no, it, it was it was so wild to see it. And uh, I actually just now is the first time I walked in this room. We went up top earlier, so I was like, huh, that's that's better. So <laughs> you know, I, I wouldn't have wanted to turn the lights on before. So. Much better. All right, we'll go to Greg and then wrap with Lee. Go ahead, Greg. <laughs> that was that was great. That was a great description. It kind of feeds in to what I was going to ask you about, carrying, going through what Jerry was saying. You, you went through all that. You saw the gurney. You know, you expected the the zombies to come out. You raced here tonight, and you raced in the rain, or in damp conditions. There's no points on the line, and yes, there's a million dollars tomorrow night. But t- tonight, it was just go out. It's, it must have been really fun and and just kind of satisfying for you, knowing where it's come from, and here you are out here winning a freaking race. Yeah, I mean it's uh, the whole weekend's a, a fun weekend, right? It's it's fun for our, our pit crew members yesterday to say, look, go put put everything on the line, do a fast stop. Tire falls off, there's no penalty, not really. You know, it's um it's one of those situations where we come here and, and let's go give everything we can every time we're on track and. and that's fun, right? And I'm, um, you know, I talk about it probably more than I should. I hate points racing. I hate the thought of, uh, of not giving your 105% effort every week because you have to think about points and in the long run. And um, you know, I feel like that can take away a lot uh, in our, you know, uh, configuration. You get a win and you get to go away from points racing for the most part, right? And so. That Daytona 500 win, uh, it means a whole lot more than just getting to, to leave a car down in the museum down there. It, it means you get to go racing like we all grew up racing. And, um, you know, that's what this weekend is for us. This is to come down here. Don't worry about any of that. Let's go win a race. Um, oh, by the way, there's a million dollars at the start-finish line and uh, and a really cool trophy. So uh, just a couple added incentives there, um, let alone the fact that we're back at North Wilkesboro for the first time in, in almost 30 years, right? So. Uh, a, lot of, a lot of cool things about it that, that add up, but it's um, it is it's just a fun week and it's really neat. Uh, like I said, the, the amount of people that were here for the pit stop competition last night that showed up for today uh, have been here all day long. It's fantastic, really cool. Thank you. All right, Lee, take us home. Giving your before and after, you know, <laughs> pictures of this, 
you also raced at Rockingham twice, and you know NASCAR tried to go back there and could not revive it. What's the difference between the two? Um, I think uh, is it wrong to say Dale Jr. <laughs> is that is that the wrong answer? But um, yeah, I, I think um, when Rockingham was revived, uh, it was Andy Hillenberg that went back in and really got it back started up right, and um, uh, the track was was raceable. It was it was a fun race. I. I uh, it was early on in my ARCA career, um, some of the first big tracks I was able to run, and, and I really enjoyed it. Uh, the track had the character like this place, but um, it, it did not uh, drum up the amount of support. And, and I don't have a good rhyme or reason for it other than um, everything about this weekend ha has been talked about since 2019. You know, it, it's how, do, uh, how does this recover? How does it come back? And I guess we just haven't had the, the buzz around Rockingham to, to get back there. Um, even now, uh, Rockingham's being repaved right now, right? Uh, you know, every now and then you see pictures of, of uh, equipment out there grinding it up and, and getting it ready, and, and you know we don't talk about it much. And, and honestly, I don't know much about it. And, and I knew everything that was going on here the whole time. Watched it uh, steadily evolve and become what it is right here tonight. And um, you know, I think uh, if it's possible to have the same effort or, or the same backing behind Rockingham, I think you'll see a fantastic show there as well. So. Uh, you know, hopefully it can do the same thing because it's another one of those really historic racetracks that uh, would, would be right on on top of this one. It's tons of character. Let's let's go do it. Let's make uh, let's make it happen. And I don't know. I, I haven't uh, best best place I can and come from and say it from is the fact that if I'm a fan right now, um, I haven't heard near as much about Rockingham as I would like to, or uh, don't really know the plans going forward about it. And, and I've known about this one and known what was coming and known the potential of it. All right. Chris, thanks for spending time with us. We wish you the best of luck tomorrow. Sounds good. Have a good night. Monday morning, guys. 9 o'clock Central. 10, eh? Monday morning. All right. We've now been joined by our race winner in today's Tyson 250 here at North Wilkesboro Speedway, Kyle Larson, driver of the number seven Chevrolet. Um, Kyle, congratulations on that win. Um, tell us a little bit about those closing laps um, and your your performance today, but also what it felt like to get out of that truck in front of all the fans here at North Wilkesboro. Yeah, it was uh, a lot of fun racing there. You know, it was uh, a longer race than normal, I think, for the truck series. So, um, and we got to run a lot of green flag laps through the middle portions of the race. So that was a lot of fun and. Then, yeah, there were some varying strategies going on there at the end. Um, we had a really great truck and was able to uh, kind of pick my way forward there, um, those final 20. And then uh, you get to Bubba and just, just be patient behind him. Um, I knew I was a lot better than him, but I obviously knew he was going to race hard to try and keep the lead. So, um, yeah, it was fun battling him there for a minute. And then uh, we had that green-white checkered and just was uh, focused on getting a good launch and um, you're not washing up too much into one and two. And, I uh, was able to do that and get clear clear out in front by a couple of truck lengths and um, get to the white and then the checkered. So uh, it was fun. And thanks to Spire Motorsports and Bono um, and everybody on that team, it was uh, – I didn't know what to expect, you know. I knew the, the truck field was going to be really tough this weekend, and um, they prepared a great piece. So, you know, huge hats off to them. All right. We're now going to open for questions for Kyle. If you have one, raise your hand. We'll work to get – a microphone to as many as we can, and we'll start up front with Lee and then go to Jeff. 
Kyle, just kind of curious, you kind of had Carson Host far as a teammate this weekend, and I, I'm wondering, you know, what have you seen of his maturity since you've started working over there? What? Aren't you running with the Nice guys on the weekends and in the tri- – sorry. I was in a fire truck. Fire, sorry. sorry. <laughs> my bad, my bad. But what no, did you're you, good. What did you see – he kept calling you teammate and working with him, and that's why I was really? – yeah, I didn't know if there was some sort of connection there. Uh, I mean, maybe just the Chevy stuff. I, I honestly haven't seen him too much you know, in the gym or whatever this year. Um, I don't know what time he comes in. But, um, yeah, I think you know, he, he's, he definitely has a lot of maturing to do, um, you know, it seems, in, in the truck series. But I feel like he's gotten to a point where he, he knows that. And, you know, I was impressed with his interviews you know, last week after Darlington, you know, when he got spun and – was able to rebound to a good finish and, and still gave a good interview. So, um, yeah, I think I think he, I think he is a mature person, um, and you know, I think he's got a ton of talent. So he did a great job in that Xfinity car last week. You know, he was my toughest competition today. So, um, you know, I think I think if he can put it all together, he's he's got the potential. So, um, but you know, everybody's young and everybody's learning, and, and he's he's learning just like everyone. Thank you. Sorry for the confusion. Oh, you're good. Yeah, I was confused. <laughs> All right, we'll go back to Jeff Birchfield. Uh Cal, this is like the sixth different type of race car in the last two months where you've won races in. Uh, what is it about you that you're able to adapt to the different vehicles so quickly? Yeah, no, that's uh, <clears throat> that's really cool. You know, I, I it kind of dawned on me up there that yeah, I've, I've won in. I thought it was yeah five or six. So. Um, I think, I mean, I think it really comes down to driving great race cars. Um, you have to drive a great race car to have a shot to win. So, um, there's that, but, uh, I don't know. I just have a lot of experience doing it and, and, um, yeah, I don't have to think about it quite that much anymore about driving style stuff. You know, it kind of just, it's easy to adapt. And, um, as long as your, your race car is good and handling the way you need it to. So, um, I'm very fortunate in that aspect to be able to race for great car owners, great crew chiefs, and, um, get to you know, share in the success with them. All right, we're going to come up front and go to Bob and then Jordan. Yeah, Bob Parkers, Fox Sports. Um, this counts as your availability for us overall. So I wanted to ask you about going to Indy last week. Um, uh, to the first is, did it make it any more real that it's happening? Yeah, I think I think so. Um, I think yes, but but also no. You know, like it's uh, it's still so far away that it. it truly doesn't seem real I think until I like get in the car on the ground and fire an engine up and then I think I'm gonna be scared so (laughs) but right now it doesn't uh doesn't seem super real but I've been trying to pay attention as much as possible and is there anything that you saw from being kind of embedded with the team for a day that you that flicked in your head as far as like hey I need to focus on this or need to do this over the next six to twelve months uh, not yet, <clears throat> you know. There was, uh, you know, it's so I think there's so much track time during this, you know, these couple weeks that it, uh, it kind of just are taking their time. So um, I didn't, I didn't really get much out of, you know, listening on the radio. I, I also don't know anything about a race car either. So you, know, when they're naming off changes that they're making, it doesn't, I can't process that. But um, just you. Know, we, I went to the spotter stand, kind of got to see that, see how your know, runs form, um, lines, you know, where people downshift and stuff like that in the corners. 
Um, you know, and I think too, just little stuff like I didn't know that they had hospitality like that. You know, for drivers to hang out in to get food and stuff like that. So just seeing all that stuff too was was nice to you know I think have an idea of going next year like what to expect on that sense and um you know hearing that drivers stay even though they live in Indiana stay in their motorhomes every day at the track like just stuff like that just little things that you probably don't even think of you know more so outside of the driving part so um I think I'll worry more about the the driving and what that takes once it gets closer to me actually driving but uh trying to figure out where I'm sleeping and stuff like that is more important. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's they're crazy. <laughs> I guess I'll be crazy too. <laughs> All right, Jordan. Jordan Bianchi the Athletic. What was the conversation with Ross like on Monday? Um, it was short and to the point and um, you know, just uh move move forward I think for both both of us. What did, what did you think about, I'm sure, I'm presuming you heard, but what did you think of Rick's comments Sunday night after the race about Chastain and kind of his aggressiveness and everything? Um, I don't know. You know, it's it's good to go when your owner has, has your back and, and your support, but um, really yeah, I was just trying to move on as quickly as possible after last week. Is it, you know, three of the last four, I think three of the last four races you've had run-ins with Ross, is it just kind of, did it just kind of hit like a breaking point last week of just this is continually happen and you, you just hit, you hit your point? Uh, I don't know. I, I really don't know. I don't know how to answer that. Um, it's just, it's just, you know, gotten a little frustrating as far as, it could be anybody, <laughs> you know, anybody out there. It's just got frustrating that we haven't gotten the results that we you deserved the last you know, few weeks. All right, we're going to go. All right, we're now going to continue into our post-race press conference here for tonight's NASCAR All-Star Race. We've now been joined by Kyle Larson, driver of the number five, HendrickCars.com Chevrolet for Hendrick Motorsports. Kyle, congratulations on that win. Um, in dominating fashion, we should add. Tell us a little bit about just the overall day of, of kind of coming in, seeing all the fans, and then being able to take home that victory tonight. Yeah, no, it was uh... – I mean, as we all know, it was a great atmosphere all weekend, and um, just a you know a great job to Marcus and his whole team on on reviving this place and he, making this you know real. Like I I don't think we ever thought that it would get to this point. You know, over the All Star race when Dale and everybody was here, you know, cleaning up weeds and cleaning everything to to scan for eye racing. And I don't think any of us thought that the All Star race could be here someday, or or a Cup Series race in general. So. The the vibe was just amazing, um, and the race too was uh, was quick. It was it was fun. It was um, it made it fun that my car was so good and and um, yeah, just uh, just a great night. You know, I didn't expect to be be fast at all. So um, you know, cool weekend. All right, we're now going to go to the media for questions. If you have a question for Kyle, raise your hand. And we'll work to get a microphone to you. We'll start in the middle with Matt Weaver. Come up to Bob and make our way around the room. Matt Weaver, Motorsports Tribune. So I guess I got the impression this weekend that you guys weren't totally happy with the car after practice and then early in the race. So then lap 15, it seems like that was kind of the winning 
decision to come down pit road. Uh, were you surprised that the car was that good once you put the tires on and then it was able to hold on in clean air? Yeah, definitely. I, um, you know, Friday we were really bad. Um, you know, I, I mean, yes, I ran the fast lap of practice, but if you look at the 30 lap average, I was like second to last. So uh, we were really, bra- really bad on Friday. Um, you know, Saturday, you know, we were we were really bad in the heat race as well. I was super loose in the heat race, like loose in, loose everywhere, um, no grip. And then, uh, so I had I had not great expectations for tonight. You know, I thought um, I just didn't think there was enough that they could do to make me better. And and um, you know, I, I thought I thought we'd run around 15th tonight. You know, and um, being a short race, starting where we did, I was like, man, you can't pass here. So. Um, but then we you know, we fired off. I dropped anchor. You know, I got stuck in the outside lane, kind of settled into like second to last or whatever. And <clears throat> you're just trying to fill my car out. And I was like, man, I, I think I'm a, I think I'm all right here. Like I'm not bad. I just I can't pass. You know. But I was like, man, my my entry's more stable. I can get to the middle all right. My drive off seems better than yesterday. You know, never did I think that we would drive to the lead. But uh, we pitted pitted for tires. And um, you know, I sped on pit road, so we restarted last and um, was able to pick off a lot of cars in the outside lane the first few laps, and then <clears throat> then I could get that line a uh, low off of four working and and get really good drive off and um, manage my tires. I felt like pretty good down there as well. So um, once I was picking people off, I was like, man, is my car this good, or is like the tire disparity the reason why I'm driving through the field? So like I asked. I mean, is anybody else passing like I am, you know, that, that were on new tires? And they didn't say really that anybody was. So I was like, well, shoot, our car is really good here. And, um, you know, then we got to lead, and uh, I was like, well, shoot, I want to lap as many cars as I can so we don't have to deal with deal with as many for the for the final segment. So um, I think they said we had like a 12-second lead or something, which was great. And then, um, yeah, came off the leader off the road, and, knowing how good my car was i wanted the the second segment to play out exactly like it did i just wanted a long run to the end no drama and um that's what happened you know i was able to kind of manage my stuff throughout the early port really the whole run but um you know my car felt good enough i could look at my mirror and stretch away from bubba and uh push it when i needed to see if i still had lap time in the car um and and continue to manage my stuff so that that last segment went by so fast. It uh, honestly, when I took the checkered flag, I was like, man, I was thinking like, is the format like just two two hundred laps, right? <laughs> you know, I was like, that was so fast. So um, just uh, cool to uh, dominate, you know, like that, and and to do it kind of like how you saw people dominate races back in the eighties and nineties. And then, uh, what's kind of the cooler distinction to you that you've won three all-star races, or that you've done it at three different venues along the way? I think definitely doing it at three different venues along the way. I think I, I'm I'm very proud of that for sure. Um, you know, for so long the all-star race was just at a single racetrack, and I think it's been cool the last however many years now. It's not switched every year, but um, you know, it's gone from Charlotte to Bristol to Texas to here. I don't know if there was another track, so. I didn't get the chance to race at Bristol, but um, you know, to win at, at Charlotte was awesome. You know, that was one of my first big wins in in a stock car. And then Texas was cool to win a different track. And then now you're like, man, they, they seem to keep, keep switching these things up. It'd be really cool to to win at another venue in a historic track like this. So 
Um, I am extremely proud, for sure, to uh, have won the All-Star Race, but to, to win it at three different tracks is, is really, really neat. All right, we're going to come up front to Bob. Um, Bob Parker, Fox Sports. Do you have any idea of what you could do that nobody else could do tonight, or what, why you were that much better? I don't know. I need I need to look at I need to watch the replay. I need to look at data. You know, I was passing those people and I was on better tires, so it was like hard for me to really see where I was. You know, I could I was beating them everywhere, but um, I think I think my, a strong suit of mine was my car was good enough. I could roll in with a lot of speed. I could kind of check up my center of three and four and, and drive off really low off of four. Um, that was a line that I kind of found in the truck race, and um, I didn't think that it would work in the cup car as well as it did, and um, it seemed even better in the cup car for me. So I think that, that helped me. I don't know if that helped save my tires any or not, but I do think that low exit was uh, was where I could beat people. But also I think if you I, you know, you need to look at like segment times, but I feel like my entry, like when I was lapping people, I could roll in so fast on them on entry. We're going to go to Jerry. Jerry Jordan, kickingthetires.net. So we hear everybody say, you know, I just want to win the race for the trophy. You not only won the race in dominating fashion, you won the trophy, you won a million dollars. What of those three is the most special tonight for you when you walk out of this place? I would say it's all equal to me. Um, you know, it's uh, – if I had to pick one of, of any of them, I think winning at a historic track like this, you being the first Cup Series winner since 96 is probably the coolest coolest thing. Um, you Having your name in the history books of, of guys who are, are legends in the sport that have won here, I think you know that's pretty special. But the trophy, I mean, that's my third All-Star trophy. Um, yeah, they look the same. They've got different logos on them. That's it. But they look the same. It's cool. Um, the check, I mean – there's there's not many races in the world that pay a million dollars to win, and you know I'm only I'm the only guy that gets to race in two of those. Uh, well, I guess you know Daytona pays that, but I get to race in a number of million dollar win races this year. Um, my next one being a sprint car at Eldora, so it'd be pretty cool to uh, to win a million bucks there as well. But um, just a, a cool night all around. <clears throat> yeah. All right, we've also been joined by <clears throat> Cliff Daniels and Jeff Andrews. We'll continue with questions, and we'll start here in the back. Yep, go ahead. Hey, Chris Weaver, Fox AWGHP High Point. Kyle, Marcus was in here earlier and talked a little bit about the idea of whether it needs to be repaved or not. Where would you fall on that, and or, or what would you like to see after this? Well, I mean, I hate we stunk the show up because they're probably maybe thinking that they got to do something different, but um, I don't know. I mean, <clears throat> my opinion varies. You know, Friday I was like, oh, we suck. They need to repave this place. Um, <laughs> tonight I'm like, leave it. Don't touch it. So I don't know. I think um, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't be opposed to seeing them, you know, if, if it's whatever, but, you know, adding more patches of pavement, you know, in the upper grooves. I don't think they need to pave the whole thing, but this – little patches here and there, um, you know, add character to the track and find grip. You know, I think that's why we were so glued to the bottom was that there's those patches, you know, around the bottom of the track. So 
I think if they can introduce some some patches uh, in the middle to, to upper grooves, I think that'll make the racing even better. So, um, but I, I don't know. I would hate to see them repave the whole surface, but I think they could go another year of, of trying to you know add character and, and fill in some some areas that need help with with patches. All right, we're going to go to Daniel McFadden. Daniel McFadden, FrenchRush.com. I've got two questions. First, Kyle, what was the most important thing you learned from the truck race last night that benefited you tonight? Well, I think just line stuff. Um, I think that yeah, the, the the low whatever off of two didn't work in the cup car. You know, people were trying it when I was laughing them in there, and you know, they were really slow doing it. But so I, I, what I thought from the truck race kind of matched up in the race today. I thought that you know, eventually you'd be able to use the low off of two. You'll kind of get your left sides on the apron and, and exit really close to the wall and, and low and straight. And then I didn't think that you'd be able to do it off of two. And, and it, you know, my opinion of that was, was right. You know, and I think I wouldn't have known that had I not run the truck race. So I didn't really, didn't really mess around with the exit of two stuff. I did that, I think, maybe three or four times throughout the race, and, and it was I would lose ground um, on the guys I was trying to pass. So, But, you know, three and four, that's where I was kind of, you know, making my money over there. So, um, yeah, it was definitely beneficial to run the truck race. Um, thanks to, you know, Jeff Andrews and Cliff for talking me into running it. I really didn't want to, um, but uh, I'm glad I did. And Cliff, I'm curious, when did you guys start strategizing or planning for this race? Was it when they announced that the Ellis race was coming here, when they announced the format, and was your planning different from any other race, or was it like every other race? I mean, a little bit to a point. I, I think, you know, when, when you we all heard the news, you get excited and, and, and want to start, you know, studying the track history and the, the details of the track and the banking and the loading and all the things. Um uh, I would imagine most of the field probably came with something similar to what they had at Richmond. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, anytime you get to see a new place uh, or, or a new track, you know, on the schedule, you want to learn as much about it as you can. And, and we certainly got excited when we heard the news, and, and uh, we, we've kept an eye out for it. All right, we're going to come up front. We're going to go Chris, Kelly, and Jeff. Go ahead, Chris. ChrisMikeHatchance.com. Kyle, would you like to see North Wilkesville stay in all-star race, or would you like to see a points-paying race in 2024? If if it allows. Yeah, I, I don't know. Um, I'm not sure. I, I don't. I don't know. I think it was it was great as also race. I think. I, I honestly, I just I think I kind of wanted to see the all star race move around. I think that shows who the all star is. Um, so. Yeah, I think I, I w- I'd be fine either way. It doesn't matter to me, but uh, I do think you know having the all star race move around it shows who the best team and driver is and and all that but um really i just want to see us keep coming back here i think i think nascar has a lot of roots here so um it deserves it deserves a spot on our schedule whether it be a non-points race or points race whatever all right we're going to go to kelly and then jeff kelly kyle do you ever think about just what's happened and what you've accomplished just over the last three years since you got to Hendrick Motorsports, two all-star races, 15 or so points wins, the championship. Do you just think about how your career and your life has changed in a short amount of time? Sure. I mean, yeah, I think I'm, I'm, 
I think about it all the time, you know, how fortunate I am and kind of where my life and career could have went, <laughs> you know, in 2021. So, or yeah, 2020, 2020 could have went, you know, a many different directions. And um, thankfully, you know, Rick took a chance on me and uh, I'm, I am forever grateful for that. So um, I think the timing was right too, or the timing was right for me. You know, their equipment was super good. They'd kind of struggled a little bit for their standards uh, up to, you know, the middle of 2020. And then, um, you know, Chase was able to win the championship. I came on board and, and we've, we've had a great, uh, great two and a half seasons now since then. So um, I hope to continue to win lots of races for, for this organization and hope to be here for a very long time. You know, it's uh they are the best team in the sport and, um, you know, they prove it year in and year out and, and the people, that are there are just amazing and it starts from the top you know rick is just a great human being and um you know everybody everybody wants to do him proud so drivers as well so um i'm very very happy to be where i'm at and, and hope to continue to add wins and championships and and all that to my resume being at hendrick motorsports how has the success changed if you could think about as you said pre 2021 and where you felt maybe your place was or your confidence was in the garage versus where it is today? Um, well, I think, I don't know. I don't, you never, I guess, I guess, you know, before 2021, I always thought that I could do it. You know, I thought that I had the talent to, to win races at this level. I just, I didn't know, I didn't know then if it was me or the equipment or the the whatever, but I wasn't having success frequently enough like I wanted to and like I was having, you know, in the dirt stuff that I was doing. So once I got picked up at Hendrick, I don't I don't think I was like, I was confident, you know, but I don't think I ever thought that at the time that I would have the, the stats that we do up to this point, you know, prior to running my first ever race for Hendrick Motorsports. Um, but once I got to run, you know, whatever, you know, some races in 2021, I was like, okay, I, I am a good stock car racer. I can do this. And, um, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's been a fun, it's been a fun road to this point. And, and like I said, we have a lot left to accomplish and, uh, I'm only 30, so I hope to be around for a long time and, um, you know, creep up on what Jimmy and Jeff have done. All right, Jeff. So Cliff, I mean, only like five cars took tires when I'm at first caution. Why, why did you do that at that point? Yeah, I, I thought at that point with the caution at 14 laps in or 15 laps in, somewhere, somewhere around there. So, so I knew the, the lap count was relative to like, okay, if I, if I have to eat these scuffs later, you could maybe pallet that. Um, and we were, you know, so far back in the field at that point that we knew it was a risk. I mean, let's be honest, if the caution came out with 30 to go in that stage, we were going to be hosed, right? You know, the whole field is going to come in and put on stickers. We're going to have 15 lap scuffs, really big risk. Um, you know, I, I wasn't sure how the flow of the race would go when, when I was watching YouTube videos this week of North Wilkesboro back in the day. Um, they would have really long green flag runs. And, and, and the way the track is so tough, I, I think the teams, the drivers, are, are spending so much time battling the track that it's it's almost difficult to battle each other. You know, you're you're fighting your car on entry, and then all of a sudden you're tight middle, and now you're trying to run high or run low or do this and that. Um, I, I just didn't know if there was going to be the type of action that would bring a caution outside of just really good hard racing. Um, and, and because of the all-star race, at some point, if you're – were we 18th at the time? 
were pretty we were, far back. We were like last. Yeah, we were, we were really far back. You know, at, at that point, you, you almost have to play something different. You know, we're at a points race. You, you might would have to be more conservative to the field or, or to the guys that you're trying to compete with in points and, and all those things. Um, but just with the nature of the race, you, you, we, we had to do something different. And, and that was fortunately like the perfect time to make that call because then we weren't going to be sitting on 30 lap scuffs. It was 15 lap scuffs. Like, eh, okay, you know, if we had to restart up front on 15 lap scuffs, fall back to fifth or sixth, then eh, maybe you could hang out there. And now at least we're better than 18th. So that, that's kind of the perspective. Yes and no. So uh, yes, uh, for the most part, the, the tricky part that I, I really had my eye on um, was if if a caution would have come out, I don't know, say 10 or 12 laps into the final stage, I'm not really sure what the field would have done, if that makes sense, because it was so early. And so then if we would have pitted and put on our stickers at that point and the field didn't put on stickers, then we're sitting on 15 laps scuffs and they still have their stickers if that makes sense. So in my mind, I, I was honestly more nervous probably 10 or 12 laps into that, that final segment. If a caution would have come out, it would have really made our hand difficult. You know, being in the lead, if we put, put on stickers, if they do or don't, then, then it really puts you kind of different than what they are. So we, we were having a lot of conversations on our pit box in that time frame of what I'm describing around, you know, what if situations. All right, we're gonna take, okay. All right. We're going to go Bob, Greg, Noah, and end with Michael. Uh, Bob Hockers, Fox Sports. I don't know who wants to take this, but have you tried to figure out, I know you don't know the timing yet, how do you do this race next year with Indy 500 qualifying? Here, Jeff, you can take this one. <laughs> Come on, Bob. You stumped us. Uh, qualifying was we'll done. We'll be at Indy, I can tell you that. I'll say qualifying. I could have made it here. Yeah. Well, I think if it, it, it came, I mean, the first and foremost priority is driving the number five car for Hendrick Motorsports. That's number one on the list. There's a lot of scheduling things to work through. Uh, you know, we were up there on Thursday just to, you know, kind of get an orientation and walk around and, and uh, a lot of observations. And we know we have a lot of things to work through uh, that are hopefully good things um, at the end of the Indy 500 next year and, and logistics and things like that. So, um, you know, we'll just have to see when schedules come out for uh, 2024 and how this lines up with, uh, you know, what's going on on Indian that particular weekend. Take the All-Star Race to IRP next year. <laughs> yeah, that's a great idea. <laughs> Kyle, way to go. Kyle, way to go. Um, when you were doing, you did a full lap burnout, which was cool as hell. But w when the fans, because everybody was so happy, I mean, they were still cheering, even though, you know, the race you dominated, right? But but the the fans were, were going crazy and the fireworks going off and they were cheering you on. Do you feel that? Do you hear that in the car? Could you understand that, that these thousands of fans were just going in, in freaking insane? He told me he was looking at the crowd with five to go. He told me that in Victor Lane. Can you believe that? I'll let him answer, but yeah, I mean, so so the crowd was just, um, you know, what can you take away from the the energy you felt from the crowd as opposed to some of the other races we go to? Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't know. I mean, I think for whatever reason, the crowd just feels more on top of you here than other tracks. I don't know. 
you know, the code of building a track and the safety, you know, you know, stuff was was less regulated back then. But it, man, it feels like the front row is like right on the catch fence. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think you know, thankfully I, I won both races. But like doing the front stretch interview it was like they were just so loud and and it was hard to like hear you hear yourself talk and and all of that. So. Um, you know, it was just it was just cool. I mean, you could you could feel the atmosphere from Friday of truck practice. Like there, the crowd was massive for that. You know, I think typically you see like forty five fans in the stands at, at any other track on a Friday. So um, it was it was just so cool. You think I think everybody was just excited to get to see you know a NASCAR National Series um, run on the track here again. And yeah, it was uh, it was pretty neat. So yeah, I. I you know, we were obviously stinking the show up, so I was looking at the crowd and, and could see, you know, a handful of them leaving with like five to go, and I was like, man, I hope you guys don't have to take your seat again. I hope there's no caution that's about to come out. So, um, yeah, no, it was uh, it was cool. This, this place, it feels like it feels like a racetrack to me. Like I I get to race at a lot of grassroots venues, you know, more than any other driver in the field. You know, a lot of these drivers get to go to these fancy facilities every weekend that's all they do you know i get to go to i was at wayne county ohio on tuesday night and like it's if it has a grassroots feel to it here and i think that's what makes me to me this weekend feel so special all right we're gonna go noah and then michael thank you both for being patient noah lewis tsj sports um kyle post-race chase briscoe said that you were uh, the greatest driver of all time in anything um, that you get into. And then, you know, D- Darrell Waltrip had a number of things to say similar to that on the broadcast tonight. Do you, you know, do you process things like that? What do you think of comments like that from, from your competitors and then also from those that have come before you? Honestly, I think the way that I think about it is I would not be able to accomplish any of this without great teams. And I am super fortunate to be able to race with great car owners crew chiefs in all forms of racing that i do you know there's there's not a time that i go to a racetrack where i don't feel like i'm in the best equipment with the best team around me so i think it starts with that you know i wouldn't be kyle larson without paul silva or cliff daniels or kevin rumley or keith coons in the past chad Bo, like so many people make me and in my resume what it is so I think just surrounding yourself with great people really allows allows you to, to showcase probably at times better than what you really are. Thank you. All right. Okay, one final question. Michael Massey, Front Stretch. So no one had ever swept North Wilkesboro um, before this weekend. Uh, even going back to like convertible series days. They never, they never ran so, a truck race here. So. <laughs> They did. They did. Uh, so my question is, does this count as a sweep? Because, I mean, you didn't win the heat race, but you won all the features. So, like, does that still count as a sweep? What are you counting it as? I got the trophies. So it, it doesn't it – don't, and, the, and, the, and the check. So it doesn't matter to me. I don't think they pay anything for heat races. So um, it don't matter to me. But, uh, no, it, it just was – special a special weekend you know i didn't i didn't <laughs> i i didn't know what to think about coming here and running a truck i didn't definitely didn't think i'd win the cup race so uh 
sitting here in front of you guys tonight is is um is special and and um yeah i don't know it's it's pretty damn cool all right congratulations to cliff kyle and jeff thank you both or all of you i should say for spending some time with us we wish you the best of luck next week at the coke 600 and now you guys can go celebrate yeah thank you thanks all right guys uh man sweeping it all weekend Kyle Larson shows us what it's all about at North Wilkesboro. Evidently, he's been cut from the cloth there, guys. Uh, that was a pretty impressive race. Great crowd. Got one more I want to play. It's the uh, Pit Road Challenge. Uh, Monster won it. Ty Gibbs. Scale. Congratulations, gentlemen, on that win. Um, Ty, we'll start with you. Um, tell us a little bit about um, what it means to start on the pole for the Open. Yeah, it's definitely really cool. You know, a bit, bit a little nicer if that locked us into Sunday, uh, Sunday's night race. But, uh, you know, with all the race, and I feel like we've got a great car, so I uh, just kind of got to get through this one and, and go have a shot for a million bucks. All right, and for Brian and Chris, if you don't mind just talking a little bit about what it means for the team, kind of overall morale, and what, Brian, if you can just hit on what it means specifically for the pit crew. No, it was huge. You know, these guys put in so much work that, that people don't see. And most of the time when things go wrong, it gets highlighted. So it, it's nice that they were able to perform in a, a really intense environment out there against all their peers and run the fastest pit stop. Ty doing a fantastic job getting the car exactly where we needed it. And then Chris with his mechanics, you know, maybe giving us a little help on the setup. And, and it was a lot of extra work for those guys. So definitely want it was a complete team effort today. All right, and Chris? Yeah, I agree. I think that, uh, you know, we we see the ins and outs every week with these guys, right, and live and die with them. They're part of the team, right? And so to see the success today that you get to enjoy after going through, you know, we've had some hits and misses this year where, okay, we should have run better, we had a bad pit stop, we didn't, whatever the case may happen, but we've stuck it out together. And I think that's the cool thing is to stick it out and, and realize that we have their back, they have ours, and then to come through today, I think that's what's cool. All right, we'll now go to questions. If you have one, raise your hand. We'll start up here with Lee. Lee Spencer, CatchFence.com. Wanted to ask you, last year you guys went into the season wanting to do a whole, you know, revolutionize the pit crew and the pit stops and how you guys did everything. And then I guess a week or two ago you guys decided to go back to something a little more traditional. What has the process been like? What has the challenges been? And how do you get to being back on top? Yeah, I think that's a that's a fair question. You know, we we put in an awful lot of work on the other choreography, and when it hit perfect, it is still the fastest way to do the pit stop. But the reality of it is, is when you get to pit road, there's a lot of different obstacles that take place, and everything has to be perfect for you to to be able to run as fast as that stop is capable of. And I think we also had to take a look in the mirror and say fundamentally we're not as good as what we we need to be so taking a step back and, and running this traditional pit stop to work on getting a little bit better individually and fundamentally within the pit stop and then you know maybe when we start to master that on a consistent basis it's something that we take a look at again Well, I, th I think that it's it's just the way that this sport's going and, and pit crews are going. Like, there, there's a big shift in, in what's happening at, at JGR and up and down pit road. Like, these are crazy, awesome athletes that, that are doing these jobs now. And, and we're a little bit on the inexperienced side, um, but we had a mix of that today on the 54 car and got a pretty awesome result. 
All right, we'll go to Bob. Bob Parker's Fox Sports. And Ty, just how much, I mean, you're starting on the pole now for the race on Sunday. How much pressure do you feel to make the all-star race through the Open? Yeah, I think uh, it's just what it is. I'm going to go do the best I can and, and race the best I can, just like a, another race there. And I feel like we've got a great car. So I think uh, just head down and be consistent. All right, we're going to go Destin, Stephen Wilson, and then up front with Stephen as well. Dustin Albino, Jayski. First for you, Brian, obviously you, you race every week and have pit stops every week, but how specifically for this event did you prepare with the four teams? You know, we, we've really started over the last couple of weeks. Um, you know, when we went to traditional pit stop, we were, we were really focused on consistency. And I think I coached a lot of the speed, the raw speed out of our pit stop. And kind of going into Kansas and then Darlington, I think you saw all of our teams get a little bit faster. And it's really a change of pace in the practice pad area. It's, you know, we're no longer trying to do just nine fives every time because the reality is you get to the racetrack and those become ten fives. So I'm pushing the guys to get eight flat to eight fives out in the practice area and then you know hit that at the racetrack or closer to that so it, it's a little bit of a change of pace over the the last couple of weeks at practice but you know when what they did tonight was you know where, where we hope to be every single pit stop and chris the first half of the regular season is complete now how would you assess the performance so far of the 54 team yeah i think it's gone um pro probably as i expected or hoped you know i think that obviously uh me going back to Cup, ties a rookie in Cup, I think you're going to expect some up and downs. But I think if you really look at it, I think we've been fairly consistent. We haven't fallen out of many races. Ty hasn't made many mistakes. You know, we probably made more mistakes. What? <laughs> yeah, we probably made more mistakes on, you know, little things on our side. Um, but, I mean, you know, we, we needed to do three or four top tens, you know, in the first part. And we got on a stretch there where we did four of those. And I felt like, you know, Kansas and Dover specifically were two top fives that we probably left on the table. Um, that would have really made our season look even better to this point. So I feel like we're on pace. We need to just keep nudging forward and get those top fives now consistently and fifth to tenth consistently, and then a win or something will come from there. And it's it's kind of a unique season right now, right, where we're sitting close enough in points halfway through the regular season to where as long as we don't get lots of multiple winners, we could potentially points our way in. You know, there's still a bunch of time left to do that. So you're you're right at that point where you start looking at that and where do I rank with everybody and do I need to change strategy or do I need to stay the course? Go ahead. Steve Wilson, SpeedwayDigest.com. This one's for Ty. The last time they raced here, you weren't even born. and you're the f I was negative seven. <laughs> yes. So you're, the, so you're the first cup driver and cup car to sit on top of this building. What does it mean to you to do that, and what did it mean to you when you came in this place and saw it this weekend? Yeah, it's definitely really cool. I came in here previously like five years ago and kind of saw it when it was um, in its earlier stages. So uh, coming back here, seeing it redone somewhat is, is really cool, and, and seeing the, the asphalt kind of reminds me of Hickory a little bit. So it's uh, it's really special. Uh, it was definitely really cool riding up the elevator, um, and it's just a, it's a cool experience for sure. All right, we'll go up front. Stephen Toronto, CBS Sports. I have two questions uh, that will go to all three of you. The first one is, is for Brian. Uh, in, in the week leading up to this, what, what did you notice about the uh, energy in pit crew practice and preparation? Because I was walking up and down pit road before before this uh, before this started, and I noticed a bunch of the crew guys were like, you know, you ready? I'm ready. Let's go. You know, that that sort of energy. So, did you notice uh, extra pep in the uh, crew guy step that they have this spotlight to uh, to showcase 
you know, their abilities? Yeah, I, I think that kind of hit everybody today. Um, in our preparation this week, you didn't really see it too too much. Um, I, I actually put Chick-fil-A burritos on the line for the fastest stop yesterday, um, which the 54 won that also. But, um, no, when, when it comes to an event like this, the guys, you try to keep them loose, right? You don't want them to tense up. And, and they know all eyes are on them and all their competitors' eyes are on them. And, and you really, you just hope everybody does their best, I mean, across the, across the field and, and let the best team win. And I, I think the 54, like, they've got a ton of talent there, and, and they have that top-end speed. And, and when they hit it right, um, yeah, they, they bang up pretty fast pit stops. And then this will be for Ty and for, for Chris. You know, you two did a lot of winning last year. And, uh, you know, obviously, you know, you've, you've been getting closer and closer to that point, but not quite yet in, in Cup. So, you know, what's it like to be back in victory lane and back doing all this? I don't know. It's different for me. I, I, I This one, I focus totally on the pit crew. And I think this is totally about the pit crew. I think that, you know, we win a race on our own merit. And then I'll feel more satisfied, and I'm sure Ty would say the same. I think it, you know, I'm just happy for those guys. You know, like we had a, we had a two percent part in this one. Ty more than that, but me specifically. Um, so I, I'm, I want to win a race. That's what I want to do. Like I said, I credit all the pictures, all this, and uh, they deserve it. So this is their victory lane. Very cool. Thank you, guys. All right, we're gonna go Davey, and then wrap with Deb. Ty, I'm curious how close you are with your pit crew guys. I mean, you refer to them by name. I'm not sure how many other cup drivers are able to do that. You were dapping them up on the ride up. How, how close are you with them? How, do, how often do you hang out with them? Yeah, I feel like, you know, Joe's racing, I feel like those guys are my family. So I spend a, a decent amount of time with them, and um, I, I enjoy being around them. So I kind of grew up around the professional athlete side of, you know, sports and life. And so being able to being able to be around them again kind of reminds me of that. So I really, truly enjoy being around them, and uh, I feel like they're all great people, and they work really hard, and, and I appreciate them. No. I, w- I, grew, I, w- up with, I grew up with older people my whole life, so I, I guess that helps. He's being point. modest. Too, I, would, I would take that a step for, further. Like, Ty is around all of our pit crews, from, from the guys that just started last week to, to guys that have been there 10-plus years. Uh, he knows every one of them by name, and it, it's a really special thing having a driver that's so committed to, to what we're doing on the pit crew side of things. And the guys Stop. love it and appreciate it. I'm serious. You, you can pay him when we get out of here. <laughs> All right, Deb, bring us home. Okay. All right, thank you. Deb Williams, Auto Week. This is for Brian. When you're preparing for a race weekend, What's the schedule look like for your training for your crew? And also, do you allow people to challenge each other for positions? Yes, I'll answer the challenge. You know, we definitely have a competitive environment, right? And and guys know what's on the line, and they know the expectations of performance. So at that point, we have a, a pipeline that's filling you know, hopefully guys moving up into the, the JGR house cars, um, we pit the 42 and 43, and we've got very capable guys on there, hopefully putting some pressure on our in-house guys. Um, so it's not like somebody can come out and, I'm a better jack, man. I'm, I'm going to challenge you today. It, do, it doesn't quite work like that. Um, we obviously, we, we study film, and, and we look at a lot of data, to, to make really good decisions as a staff before we, we make a, a move, right? 
Um, as far as pre preparation throughout the week, uh, we'll have a race on Sunday, obviously, and then Monday is, is spent just studying films, studying the numbers from it, um, getting a practice plan put together, and then practice goes Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. We usually give the guys Friday and Saturday off if we're performing at, at a certain level, and, and then they go back to the racetrack on Sunday. So everybody comes in at 7 o'clock. We do a, a full team warm-up, and then two teams go together and practice. Another two teams are doing rehab and film. Um, another two teams are working out. So kind of that's how our six-cup cars that, that we coach kind of operate. And that goes till we finish about 11, but most of the guys are still hanging around. They go to lunch together. They come back. They get another workout in. They watch film. They hang out. Like Joe Gibbs Racing is such an awesome place, and, and it's sometimes we've got to tell them to go, go home, get out of here. So um, we've got a really special group of athletes. All right. Any final questions? Okay. We'll take one final one from Lee. Thank you. So... Two two things. Denny said he was going to start doing his own pit crew thing, so that didn't happen. That was just a fit of anger on his part. No, they they actually do. Denny has his own pit, pit crew coach. Um, they use our facility. They actually come in in the afternoon about one o'clock, and they're there till I think four or something. But they do. They kind of rent the facility. Would be the best way for for everybody to understand it. So you, you, when you say six teams, you're referring to your uh, the, Xfinity? No, the 42 and 43. Okay. We, we provide okay. pictures okay, for those guys. And, and back to my original question about the choreography, these days are you recruiting certain body types, certain athletic types for certain positions on the pick for, you know, before with your previous um, new age choreography and what you went back to now? Yeah, I mean, we're we're constantly looking at body types and different positions and what's going to be the best the best jackman. You know, we've we found that a tight end is is a really good jackman. Um, we've got we just have a new tire changer on the back of the twenty car, Kayvon Kayvon uh, <laughs> KJ. Um, anyways, he uh, he was a former f uh, baseball player with the Kansas City Royals. Um, so we we kind of bring them in look at them, see how they do with our tests, and then we have a partnership with a company called P3, and then we ha we send them there for an assessment, and they have all kinds of data on some top-level athletes because we really want to make sure that we start with the right athlete because nobody grows up learning how to be a pit crew person, right? So we, if we get a great athlete to start with, then we're confident that we can coach them to be really good for us. Yep. All right, for Chris, Brian, and Ty, congratulations again. Enjoy that $100,000 bonus. All right, everyone, I, I want to bring in Marcus Head a little bit to talk about North Willsboro, and uh, let's listen to Marcus. Uh, it's 15 minutes, but we still got 30 minutes to go here, guys. I, I know we're long, but the rele relevance is this week, so we need to get this done today. Ladies and gentlemen, while we had a couple of minutes waiting for Kyle Larson to get wrapped up in Victory Lane, uh, our president and CEO, Marcus Smith, and our executive director for the NASCAR All-Star Race, Jessica Fickinger, talked them into coming in for just a couple of minutes if you had any questions about tonight or the weekend. And uh, I think right off the bat, they wanted to start off with some pretty important thank yous. Yes, thank you. Um, thank you to all, all you all to, uh, for all the, the positive 
coverage and all the great storytelling. Um, you know, it takes a lot of um, a lot of people to put this event on, and um, there's been a lot of great stories to talk about. Um, you know, the community of Western North Carolina, of Wilkes County, uh, Wilkesboro, and North Wilkesboro, um, the NASCAR community, with the way everybody has pulled together, um, the the amazing people that have been here working to revive the speedway for the last seven months straight, um, our contractors, and um, and just so many people that have worked tirelessly over particularly the last seven months, but then so many that never gave up um, for years leading into this to get us to the point where uh, we can make this happen. And Jessica, uh, our executive director of the NASCAR All-Star Race here and our chief experience officer um, was, was on point from the beginning to, um, to make things happen. She and Steve Swift uh, worked together as a, as a great duo to, um, to do some things that, that people thought couldn't be done. And um, it, was a, it was a long road, but we got here and did some things uh, that, that were really special. Jessica, any particular comments you want to make just about this effort and what's taken place the last six months? Yeah, I, I mean, just to echo what Marcus said, it's, uh, it was definitely uh, the community that kind of came behind us and really helped us. A, a huge thanks to the DOT, Highway Patrol, all of the local law enforcement. We had countless meetings with them and, and trying to figure out the best way to make this successful for, for not just our fans, but for the industry and for the neighbors. And, uh, you know, we still have traffic leaving, but but so far it's it's been a really uh, – smooth smooth week in, in that regard so you know they, they've just jumped in and, and helped in any way that we could it, the, the local towns uh, for anybody that was at the fan fest i don't think i've seen a hauler parade or fan fest with that much excitement and that much pride in a town in the 27 years that I, i've been with speedway motorsports so that was that was really exciting Good. all right well thank you both we'll open it up we got a couple of questions before kyle gets in here let's uh start here with jeff and then we'll go to jim utter for Jessica, um, it sounds like, I mean, from people we talked to, the traffic concerns never really materialized. People got here early enough, I guess, or what, what do you think, what, what, how do you attribute that success to? Uh, definitely the planning. Um, from the day we decided that we were going to have the All-Star Race here, we got on the horn with everybody we could um, locally and just had countless meetings, brought in uh, some of our folks, the best in the business from Las Vegas Motor Speedway and Charlotte Motor Speedway. And, and Bristol Motor Speedway and just kind of brainstormed. Uh, we, we worked with Waze, which is something that we had never done before, uh, to come up with specific routes. So we, if you were parking a certain lot, we wanted you to go that way and not have everybody come up through one main artery. So that was really successful, something that we'll probably replicate at other facilities uh, now that we've seen it work. And um, it just a lot of town meetings, a lot of, every Monday morning we would have a, a meeting with, with all the mayors and the town managers. From, from both towns, there's two mayors, there's two town managers, city council, and just constant communication uh, and making sure that they knew everything that we were doing, meetings with the, all the neighbors. Um, it, I mean, I think communication was the key, absolutely. Okay, let's go to Jim. JimMutterMotorsport.com. Marcus, I know it's really early, but is there a place for North Wilkesboro in the SMI schedule of NASCAR events next season? Um, it's, it's a question that's on my mind as well. I think that when you see a successful week of events like we've had here, it's, it's natural to think, boy, maybe we could come back here. Um, so I'm definitely thinking that way, uh, that, it's, that it's got a lot of potential. 
I, um, you know, I've never been to a NASCAR week where everybody was in such a good mood and, uh, and everything was just going so well. Um, so it's definitely, you know, something that, that we're thinking about. Um, we, we just started working on next year's schedule with NASCAR, so um, we'll see. I think that, you know, not speaking to next year specifically, I do think that there's definitely, you know, a place uh, in the NASCAR world for North Wilkesboro Speedway. And, um, you know, whether it's a special event like All-Star, maybe one day it's a points event, I don't know. Um, I think it's a very important place for um, for you know short track racing, the, the late model races, the modifieds, um, you name it. This is a it's a special place. It's like walking into a museum that's active and living, and uh, and very special for the competitors and the fans alike. Okay. All right. Let's go to Bob, and then we'll go to Greg. Uh, Bob Hockris, Fox Sports. Uh, Marcus, so. Do you, are you going to have to repave before you have another event? And if so, is there still any thoughts of just making it dirt? Um, great question. And, uh, you know, so I, it depends on who you ask. I talked with Daryl Waltrip earlier before, um, before the race, and he said, you got to repave this thing. And uh, I talked with um, uh, the king, and he said, uh, let him race on this, on this old pavement. Um, so... There's a there's a lot of different ways to think about it. I think that um, for the, what I think is that our, our team has done an amazing job at preserving the track, keeping it together. Um, they've learned some new things on the surface and kind of managing it, keeping it together, and creating um, a, a really uh, varied surface that I think challenges the teams. So um, it'll be interesting to see how it how it uh, weathers. And when it needs to be repaved, we'll repave it. I think um, I would lean towards not repaving until we absolutely have to. And Marcus, even as we've seen at Atlanta, the technology now with with a repave is different than what it used to be, and the perception yes. can be different. So, well, our, yeah, our our goal in the next repave is to pre is to present a track that where the asphalt surface is not. Uh, like a, a parking lot surface. Um, you know, our, our paving goal is totally different than uh, what asphalt is actually made for in paving. Um, a, a parking lot or a street, you want it to last for a super long time and you want it to be very smooth. We, um, I don't mind how long it lasts. I, I really want it to come out of the, of the box racing really well. So, We'll see how um, how it works, and I'm sure uh, after tonight we'll have some more data and and look at uh, what's next. Okay, let's go to Greg. Greg Engel Forbes. It's kind of along the same line. We keep peppering you with almost the same thing. But I was talking to fans today. There was one guy in particular. He lives five miles from this track. He grew up around this track, um, and he was walking around and he and he was in tears. And, and, and I said, uh, you know, he, he said, we're proud, you know, we can go to Darlington, we can go to Charlotte, we can go to others, but those aren't our tracks. This is our track, and we're proud of it. Yeah. And, and so obviously we can't sit here and say tonight, we'll be back next year for the All-Star, but what's the immediate future for this track? Is it cars, uh, tour, that kind of thing? You know, what can we tell these guys that, that live close to here and are so pumped up about the immediate future of this track? Yeah, that's great. I, it, it's a real... Um, uh, it, People have talked about how special this is. Um, thousands of people have said to me, you know, you have no idea what this means to our community. Um, so, 
Yeah, I think we all kind of feel that. You know, this this is a special place and a special event, and it's because uh, of this rebirth opportunity. And uh, you know, it's it's never happened before that you've taken a uh, a sporting venue and left it for dead, and it's been revived. Uh, it's a true Lazarus story, and uh, so. I, I intersected with with a number of those fans that that had a similar story, and uh, for for everybody, I would say this place is going to have racing um, on the calendar in in the very near future. Um, I have had great conversations with um, with Dale Earnhardt Jr. and Kevin Harvick about you know what what could we do here with the Cars Tour. Um, I think that, like I said earlier, this place is special for not just the fans but the competitors alike. And, uh, in fact, when I was having that conversation with Daryl Waltrip and, and the King, they asked me, now, how old is this, is this pavement again? And I said it was 84. Uh, and they both looked at each other and said, we raced on this track. <laughs> but what a cool thing, you know, for every race car driver out there to race on the same surface as Richard Petty and Daryl Waltrip and a bunch of other legends. Um, we want to make that available for a lot of racers that uh, will come from all over the country to be here. KellyCrandallRacer.com. Marcus, can you take off your business hat for a second and just describe what it was like, your emotions all weekend coming to and from the track and seeing what was going on and just this place being back to life? Yeah, just incredible gratitude. Um, I am just um, amazed at how hard everybody here worked to make this happen. And, um, you know, Jessica and Steve Swift have led this team of a, a couple hundred people um, that have uh, come to work with a real mission uh, mindset, not, not a typical um, you know, clock in, clock out uh, mindset, but a real mission mindset. And I think it, uh, it shows up in what they've been able to achieve. I mean, we, they were able to um, start this project in January, and it's May right now. This place was covered in kudzu vines and poison oak and, you know, trees growing out of the grandstand uh, less than 12 months ago. And, um, you know, they completely built a brand-new facility out in, uh, in Turn 4. Um, Governor Cooper, uh, when I saw him on Wednesday, he said, I, I gave it a 50-50 shot that you would actually get this done. And he said, and I was being generous at the time. Um, so it is truly amazing. And, uh, so my feelings, you know, have just been incredible gratitude. I'm just, uh, you know, so inspired by them. It's really, really great. All right. We're going to take two more. And then I think Kyle is wrapping up. We're going to go to Steven, Steven back there. And then we're going to go to Jordan and wrap up. Steve with SpeedwayDigest.com. This is for both of you. What have you learned out of this experience, and where do you see that experience being able to be translated into other tracks, specifically even Nashville, where you guys are trying to get at? I think for me it was um, that I've learned that the community is really important, and it's the catalyst to, to being successful. Um, and, oh, there we go. <laughs> and I just... Uh, just having, you know, listening to them and, and, and being a, a voice for them and, you know, just, 
I don't know, it, the community was the most important thing to me, I think, in this whole process. And just, I, I really wanted to make them proud. Uh, Terry Parsons was a big part of this. I, uh, you, you with your Save the Speedway efforts were a big part of this. And, and just, you know, seeing everybody kind of really see what happens when you take a grassroots effort. And, and it's, it's a, you know, our field of dreams right now. So. I learned that, um, you know, how, how cool it is that NASCAR fans are truly embracing the history of the sport. Uh, the the history of our sport is uh, more important now than ever, and it's the 75th year of NASCAR. Um, so we you know we finally have uh, a good bit of history that people can look back to. And this um, this weekend, more than I've ever seen, I've I've seen three generations of fans. Uh, it was very common over the last week to talk with a grandfather his son and the grandson. Um, really, really cool to see three generations of family members coming out here and, and how much our fans love the history of the sport. All right, we're going to wrap up with Jordan. Jordan Bianchi, The Athletic. This question's for both of you. Could you speak to Dale Earnhardt Jr.'s role as kind of the ambassador of this track and what he's kind of done to help kind of push things forward throughout the week? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, there are a lot of people that you could say – it wouldn't be possible for us to be here today if it weren't for so-and-so. Um, and there truly are many, many people. And Dale Jr. is a critical part of that. Um, you know, if, if he hadn't um, had the passion and the history for the sport to say, uh, you know, and, and, the, and the passion for iRacing to say, hey, can we just capture this thing for iRacing? Um, you know, then you wouldn't have the momentum to... Um, to to continue kind of believing, I think, and then and then we had the um, the racetrack revival. Dale got behind that, wanted to be a part of it. Grandstand sold out. The um, this the, the magic was was everywhere during the racetrack revival uh, this past August, and uh, and then of course, you know, having his platform of his podcast uh, is just so tremendous, and. Uh, I mean, he's he's the Pied Piper of NASCAR fans uh, around the world, and I think um, you know his support was the jet fuel to um, to make this happen. All right, folks, thanks, thank you, Dale. Get you do not have to be a seven-time champion to be somebody great in NASCAR. Thanks to everyone who had patience at North Wilkesboro and enjoyed the race instead of living the hustle bustle I gotta get there right now life everybody was slower everybody savored the moment of being there Kyle Larson man sweep it out off the track doing the big sweep whole weekend I just go subscribe what kind of driver Kyle is alright Kyle Magna Thursday, Thursday night, guys. Get to feeling better, Kyle. Marcus, thanks for being the visionary. I can see the fairgrounds of Nashville being that great grand race again in NASCAR. And she's still got the whole track left in her, too. 
hot Monday, uh, Thursday night, guys. Seven. See ya. Keep that light shining.